Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. Hey, y'all. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. You got me Hushmo driving this train this evening. It's September 14th, 2019. Uh, beautiful Saturday in the ATL, y'all. I don't know. I thought uh, the temperature was supposed to get up into the 90s, but uh, I, I don't think uh, we quite got there today. It's been a beautiful day uh, of the entire day. It looked like the weekend's got uh, more good uh, weather in store for us. Uh, yeah, I, well, I was uh, actually out watching cars and stuff today. <laughs> that ain't like me, y'all. I, <laughs> Facebook friends, how y'all doing? Got a great show for you this evening. Uh, anybody see the... The Democratic debate uh, was that a debate or what? I I I looked at parts of it, you know, just tuning in and out. But uh, I don't think the Democrats had any intention of uh, debating anything uh, <laughs> uh, Thursday night, y'all. I think that was more about uh, you know just uh, uh, talking about this uh, president that we have. And uh, trying to um, tell the American people how uh, god awful this guy is, and I don't blame him. I mean, why get up there and trash yourself when uh, there's a uh, uh, you know I don't care what you can say about any of the Democrats. Uh, no way in the world uh, <laughs> any of those uh, candidates could be as awful as uh, this guy we got in the White House. Yeah, hey. Uh, what else is going on? I've been checking out uh, the football schools today. You know, it's college football season. That's a big thing here in the South, you know. <laughs> well, well, over the entire country, really, but uh, especially here in the South, it seems as though college football is king. And uh, Georgia beat somebody 50, 50, what was it, 58 to nothing? Uh, you know, well, obviously the big boys are playing uh, – the big boys are playing all uh, uh, just chop suey <laughs> to start the season, you know, to get uh, uh, warmed up for the uh, main course, as uh, as you will. Start next week, though. You know, you got some uh, pretty good, uh, uh, pretty good uh, games coming up, and uh, Georgia play somebody like uh, who, who did they play? Uh, uh, North Dakota. <laughs> So somebody, but anyway, they beat them. Uh, or Arkansas, Arkansas State. Yeah, they beat Arkansas State fifty-five to nothing. Ohio State beat Indiana fifty-something to ten. Uh, I don't know what Alabama did. I, you know, they they playing. Uh, they played at three thirty, and I haven't had a chance to uh, check that out yet. But uh, yeah, some pretty interesting games. Georgia Tech, my team. <laughs> I root for the Bulldogs too, but Georgia Tech is my team. 
they lost the Citadel by one point in overtime, so eh, they owed three to start the season. You know, I, I don't know. I think they're uh, they're getting there. They got a new coach. You know, it took a little while to get uh, acclimated, I guess, if you will. So, he better hurry up though, because. <laughs> Georgia Tech is a hard school to uh, recruit uh, top athletes, uh, mainly because it's, it's kind of hard to get to get in uh, Georgia Tech academically for, uh, for one thing, but we, that shouldn't be an excuse. I don't like to use that as an excuse because you got clips and clips to the heck with school, and uh, they uh, <laughs> they seem to be doing all right, attracting uh, top-notch uh, athletes who could manage uh, the curriculum there. Uh, granted, Georgia Tech is an engineering school. and There might be some difference in the curriculum. I, I don't know. I just, I hate to use that, continue, uh, continuously uh, use that as an excuse for not <laughs> attracting uh, uh, quality athletes to uh, uh yeah, the, you know, Tech got a good team. I mean, it's some good players on that team, no doubt. They played a real good game today with Citadel. It's about a pretty, pretty evenly uh, matched game. Anytime you go into overtime, you, you're talking about a pretty evenly matched game. And Citadel, by the way, is a pretty good academic uh, institution itself. So it was pretty well matched up. And it showed uh, going into overtime like it did. For those of you uh, new to the Hushville Black Forum, our model is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer, and not a necessity. We'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk, y'all. What we do out here on Blog Talk is advocate, advocate for social justice on behalf of Americans of African descent. Not because we don't love everybody. I want to get that in. Just uh, by extension, part of that community and. and uh, Lord knows we need all the advocacy we can get here with the situation in the country today. We uh, we live in trying times. Uh, these are trying times, let me tell you. And uh, we out here, what we do, we uh, decipher stuff for my listening audience is what we try to do. Break uh, stuff down, stuff coming down from top and stuff going up from the bottom, if you will. We read new metal deciphering it, making sense out of things that uh, just don't make no sense, y'all. That's what we try to do. Uh, yeah. Uh, we. We. Um, going to be taking a look at my uh, latest, my last book, which is, my last book is Racism and Hate in American uh, Reality. Racism and Hate in American Reality. We we started writing that book in 2007, uh, some two years before Barack Obama got elected president, but he was uh, um, just coming on the um, 
nation's conscience at that time, 2007. It was early on into uh, on the political scene. I believe we had just got elected senator from Illinois then. And uh, I started writing that book uh, because you could tell that, uh, well, I've lived with, uh, I'm 74, so I've lived uh, uh, a long time with uh, uh, racism and discrimination and such uh, for a long, long time. But it seems as though when Barack Obama got to be president in 2009, you could sense a change in uh, uh, the attitudes of a lot of our uh, American citizens of uh, the persuasion who uh, took offense uh, to the fact that we had our first president of African descent. And uh, you, could, you could feel it, or I could, sense uh, uh, the... Um, uh, racism, I guess, coming out in a lot of people because we had this uh, African American president. It, it was weird, uh, but uh, all too real uh, uh, there. So anyway, that that gave a little more. Um, Impetus to uh, uh, the book that I was putting together at that time, Ra- a Racism and Hate in American Reality, is pretty much made up of uh, a collection of uh, documents, essays, and uh, historical uh, uh, incidents that had uh, taken place in the country for uh, you know the first two hundred and some years of. Uh, the country's existence. Uh, uh, and, you know, today, uh, six, seven years later, ten years later, after the start of my first, uh, 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 my first uh, uh, undertaking of the research for this book, um, it's scary how, uh, how, uh, relevant uh, this book is today uh, with uh, uh, what's going on in the country. It, it's plain scary. It's, it's unreal how uh, how apropos this book is today in 2019. Uh, I would like uh, I'm going to be going uh, getting into a little of it tonight uh, just to uh, um familiarize you all with it because really the book didn't sell that much. I didn't really market it. In fact, I'm thinking about uh, republishing it uh, in a second edition to uh, just to refresh it because uh, in the 10 years uh, since I started writing uh, the book, Racism and Hate uh, in American Reality, I've really uh, uh, gained a... uh, not a totally new perspective on it, but a a, a much more broader perspective about uh, what it was that I was uh, trying to say in uh, the book. And uh, I'm thinking about coming out with a second edition uh, in a in a few uh, just to uh, update uh, uh, what I was trying to say back there in 2007, 2010. 
uh, in this book, uh, Racism and Hate in American Reality. So this evening we're gonna we're gonna get into that as uh, we'll, we'll maybe we'll save it for the second half of the show uh, this evening and uh, kind of have some uh, dialogue with my audience about about it. Uh, this is so uh, uh, upfront in our. Uh, um, politics and in, in our uh, uh, American uh, conscious today, this thing about racism and the president, and white supremacy, and uh, not just here in the United States, not just here, but worldwide, You've got this uh, this uh, movement, I guess, if you will, or this strange type of uh, um, Karenvok type of uh, um, uh, currents uh, moving uh, across uh, Europe uh, and uh, the United States. So we're going to, we're going to be talking about it. We're going to save that for the second half of the show this evening. Y'all, so y'all uh, call a friend up and tell them to tune in to the Hushbo Black Forum. Uh, yes. And uh, we'll have a discussion about uh, racism and hate uh, in American reality. Uh, hey, you got me Hushbo driving this train this evening. Uh, welcome to the show once again. Um, we, we're going to... It's about quarter uh, after... After the hour here, we're going to take our first break here, and uh, we'll be right back. You got me, Hushbo, driving this train. Uh, we'll be right back. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushbo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger. We do it better. We do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, advocating on your behalf. You're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about it. Saturday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
It's Saturday. Thank you. It's Saturday, uh, September fourteenth, yeah, twenty nineteen. This this year is really uh, is about to get away from us, y'all. This is the ninth month, and that this month is is getting on away from us here. I'm watching the Braves and uh, the Nationals, y'all. We're trying to. We lean ten to one, so we're trying to <laughs> bury these folks. But how it seemed like to me this guy's done better, Acuna. He done better like five or six times in this game. How many times can you come? Up? Oh, you won for five, so he's been played five times. He needs another hit. <laughs> one for five, you know. I, well, I know he got a double, two RBIs, but one for five, we need that. He want to get a home run because he looks so forty. This is just crazy what the hoo-wee. Hey, y'all, I'm out here multitasking again. You know, I told you we, uh, yeah, we worked in IT for like 40 years, so I can multitask. That was one of, that, that was one of the things I got out of uh, working on computers and things, uh, learning how to uh, multitask. And, uh, yeah, we uh, so out here we might be. Oh yeah, we were we were wearing four hats out here, y'all. <laughs> the high school ran four hats: <laughs> the conductor, the brakeman, the engineer. What? <laughs> what else? What else is there? I, it takes four people to move a train, y'all, to drive this train. <laughs> Oh, conductor, the engineer, uh, the brakeman. Oh, flagman. you got to have a flagman, too, before that train can move, y'all. That train can't move without four uh, uh, Pacific uh, uh, job uh, 
titles being uh, occupied. <laughs> Ooh. Cunha's trying to hit that ball out of there because he's trying to get 40 home runs, y'all. It's just a matter of time. This is our leadoff hitter, y'all. Ronald Acuna. 21. Young boy. Tough. Some 39 home runs from the leadoff spot, y'all. That should tell you all you need to know about him. <laughs> he's got 39 home runs that he's leading off. Uh, so, hey, uh, we, uh, what else going on in the world? So many things have happened. Somebody bombed uh, the oil wells in Saudi Arabia, and of course, Mike Pompeo, our Secretary of State, he came out today and, I don't know, uh, and blame Iran. <laughs> so these guys want to get into something with Iran so bad. Everything that happened over there that believe Iran is going to be at fault. So somebody uh, sent some drones in there and attacked uh, Saudi Arabia's oil fields. And those guys... Let's go. Let's see if this guy caught this ball. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, 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 no. No, no. That ball is hit. No, no. No, no. No, no. That ball hit the ground first. That ball hit the ground. Let's take a look at that. That ball hit the ground. I don't know if they're going to take a look at that or not, but I would. I'm just looking at a play Ronald Cunha hit a ball. It looked like that ball hit the ground. I'm sure they're going to take a look at it because uh, it's that close to me. If I can see it from here, of course, I got a better advantage other than the, the ref dude looking at it on TV. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, somebody came in there and bombed uh, the oil well. Some of us thought it was really just uh, oil well. And uh, as a consequence, Saudi Arabia shut down like half of their uh, oil productions, which they, they put out damn near 10 million barrels of oil a day. Uh, <laughs> so it has a... Uh, they, uh, uh, that affected about 5% of the world's... Uh, Oil supply, just that fifty uh, percent they shut out. That lets you know what uh, how powerful they are uh, in terms of the oil, uh, just total oil supply worldwide. The Saudi Arabia, a big big uh, export of oil. Yeah. I hope they're taking a look at that. I, I don't know. Take a look at that. 
Well, I guess they didn't. So, uh, yeah, and uh, of course, uh, our politicians blame the Ar- Iranians, and uh, we we gonna mess around. I'm afraid with this guy in office and their uh, demented view of the world. We're gonna mess around being a war here before this guy's year and a half is up. I'm afraid that uh, we we might wind up in a war, y'all. Yeah. Well, first of all, we're already in a war. We're already in a damn war. Take that. Hmm. Oh, wow, this guy drove this ball. He misplayed the And nothing could be worse uh, for this country uh, than if we somehow got into a conflict with Iran. Iran is not a small uh, third world country, y'all. Iran is a sophisticated uh, uh, a sophisticated country, yeah. And it's it would be, in my opinion, more than a notion to go in there and talk about. Uh, now, obviously, we're probably going to win a conflict with Iran as powerful as our military is. We probably could, uh, but at what cost? <laughs> we <laughs> It's going to be a cost uh, to pay if we did go in there and... Uh, Got into some kind of conflict with Iran, that would be there will be a serious cost to pay. I have, there's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind that would be a serious cost to pay. So I'm just hoping and praying that uh, we can speed these uh, this year and a half up, y'all, and see if we can get people to the poll to um, get a saner. A saner man uh, uh, in charge of our military, because right now I don't have a good feeling about uh, the people in charge of that. Uh, I don't, and I'm a, I'm a veteran, yo. Oh yeah, I'm. Oh, the Hushmo. Oh yeah, I'm a uh, a Vietnam veteran. Yeah, I. Hey, I. Yeah, I did my time, yo. <laughs> More than I can say for some of our leaders. 
Oh, the hutch belt, sir, this time. Yeah, I got a purple heart, y'all. Oh, y'all didn't know? Oh, yeah, I got a So, uh, and it scared me to death that uh, our young men and women have to uh, serve under uh, people who are not uh, uh, exactly uh, qualified to to run uh, uh, the military. Or the civilians I'm talking about, uh, and that's a problem. That's a big, big problem. Yeah, so I can't. I just hope that uh, we can uh, make it through this last uh, eighteen months or whatever it is. One more out, y'all. We're gonna put an end to this this game that we're playing here. Yeah, we uh, you got to have sound-minded uh, people uh, to run that military. All it's too big, it's too powerful for uh, uh, an unstable person to be in charge of. Because the slightest little blimp could. Uh, Destroy the whole world, y'all. The slightest little, you know, misstep when you're in charge of something that powerful uh, can lead to uh, catastrophic uh, consequences. Hey, we got a call into the Hushmo Forum, one eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four. Let's call into the Hushmo Black Forum. We we don't. It's a free call too, by the way, y'all. We don't. I don't take too many calls out here, but from time to time we will uh, entertain a caller if they really want to get involved. The second half of uh, the Hushville Black Forum this evening, we're going to be taking a look at my second book. Uh, it's been out for a while. Um, Twenty thirteen, but I started working on that book in two thousand seven, doing research on it. Uh, so it's been around for a while, and the but it was released in two thousand six, over six years ago, <laughs> and uh, didn't uh, really market the book that much. It's mostly a collection of documents and essays and historical events that that has taken place in the country. Over our first uh, 230 years history, uh, and uh, dealing with uh, racism and hate, as the title implies, and uh, uh, taking a look at some of the challenges uh, that uh, America's African descent has had uh, in their uh, efforts to uh, assimilate into. American uh, society uh, after 
after the Civil War. Now, obviously, uh, America's African descent was slave. Their ancestors were slaves in this country for two, three hundred years. But just after, I'm dealing mostly with in this book. Mostly uh, uh, after the Civil War was over in the, uh, the 14th, 15th, and the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment had been uh, added to uh, the Constitution. And so I deal with that. I look at racism and uh, uh, from that point forward and uh, uh, some of the challenges. That, that we've had some of the injuries that took place uh, that we suffered uh, as a as a people in the country uh, uh, because of those uh, 13th, 14th, or 15th member violations. So anyway, uh, coming up in the second hour, we'll uh, we'll jump into it and uh, see what you think. Uh, we're going to be doing a rewrite of it at least. Uh, 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 a uh, thorough uh, uh, re uh, a re uh, uh, framing of it here in uh, 2019. It, uh, it might might run into the first of the year before we actually get it out. It might be 2020 before we can uh, put it all together and get it back out there. But it's going to be read in the middle of. Uh, this uh, presidential race, and I think it's so uh, apropos that uh, we get our voices, uh, voice uh, in the mix. And I think this book is great for uh, trying to uh, 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 trying to uh, put our little uh, two set in uh, on. Uh, on what's going on in the country in terms of uh, uh, the politics of uh, today with this president and all of the different uh, uh, anxieties that's cropping up uh, uh, here in the country. We... Mm. Ten and one with Victor National of the day we just uh, kind of put them out of their misery. Uh, we kind of put them out of their misery. Yeah, yeah. So that that's going to be a, a a project that I'm going to be working on here for the next six months or so. I'm not quite sure who this 
Oui. Euh, trying to uh, take out our uh, top three or four uh, candidates that we're going to be uh, trying to uh, bring on, not bring on, but uh, just uh, get their uh, take on uh, their uh, ideas for moving the country uh, if, in fact, they should win uh, the presidency over the next Three or four months. I mean, up until I guess our caucuses in January, we'll try to get those people uh, ideas as best we can and bring it to you. And this is around, I say, on the National Black Forum to, uh, uh, you know, let you know where, what. Uh, think about them out here on the National Platform. So, I've got a new studio, y'all, by the way. I've got a new uh, a podcast Uh, a new podcast uh, um, machine that uh, really I do my whole show on it uh, for the most part although you know I come to you live over blog talk radio I do record my show as a uh, podcast and uh, I got this one machine that uh, does all that for me and I'm just getting used to it. I just filled up the SD card because it all kind of go out there on the SD card, and I kind of take it off of that. But I've got two different uh, recording uh, mechanisms where I uh, I tape the show, and uh, so if one fails, I, I got a backup. And uh, I just realized that the SD card and uh, this new road uh, podcast machine that I have uh, the SD card is, is full already, and I'm only about uh, a third of the way through the show, so I've got to uh, use my backup <laughs> to uh, send my uh, show after I finish over to uh, the uh, podcast host. Okay, well... We're learning. I'm still learning with it. I'm still playing with it. Like I, I think I told you last week that uh, I've got this new uh, new studio equipment that I'm just now getting. I'm still getting acclimated to and feeling my way around. But it's a great, great uh, setup, and uh, hopefully, uh, my listening audience can. Uh, can tell a difference in how I uh, emote out uh, at you. Uh, hopefully, uh, I have a much clearer sound and uh, less noise and stuff in the background. 
and uh, overall uh, just a better experience uh, uh, and as soon as I get out the little uh, the little uh, gadgets down and familiar with them uh, we're going to be uh, getting better and better every uh, every show as we go forward uh, we we come to you live and live in color, y'all, every Saturday from 7 to 9 out here on Blog Talk. Um, uh, uh, we've been out here really since 2008. Uh, but about the last year or so, we've had some some issues, some health issues and other, other issues crop up that uh, we've kind of been away for a while, and we just... But we're just getting back out here, getting in the feel of things, and uh, just in the nick of time, as far as I'm concerned, with the, this new political season uh, just cranking up. We want to be uh, uh, right in the mix uh, with that as we go forward. So every week, hopefully, uh, 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 we're going to be getting better and better uh, in our uh, in our production. Me, raise one, ten to one. The magic numbers down to four. And in combination of four Washington wins and four Atlanta, four Washington losses and four Atlanta wins, and we wrap this thing up, yeah. We wrap this up. Yeah, hey, we're gonna take another quick break for the calls. Here. It's about uh, a quarter to eight, yeah. So we'll be back. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about it. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Hey, uh, welcome. <laughs> welcome again. Welcome back to Nashville Black Forum, y'all. Hey, it's uh, Saturday, September 14th. Nineteen, oh, twenty nineteen, y'all. We are trying to get a snack in here. It's about what is it? Seven minutes till ten minutes to eight, y'all. Wow. Hey, y'all, we're gonna let's just listen to a uh a lead up to um me getting into my uh, my last book, Racism and Hate in American Reality, because I wrote that book to trying to uh support my advocacy for reparations. So we're gonna play this little we're going to let you listen to my take on reparations here, and then we're going to get into the book, which is some of the material I use to uh, support IBC Ford. So sit back and just uh, relax and uh, take a look at it. Take a listen to this, and we'll come back on the other side and get into my uh, last book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. Complaint with most of our uh, black historians uh, when dealing with the uh, subject of uh, reparations for America's African descent, uh, I find that most of uh, of them leave out the most uh, important part of uh, the cornerstone of my argument, which is uh, the Southern Homestead Act, which set aside some 46 million acres of property for. Uh, the ex-slaves in 1866. 46 million acres in five southern states, uh, Alabama, Louisiana, Arkansas, Florida, uh, Mississippi. Uh, and that, that law was repealed in uh, 1876 under under uh, uh, rather uh, dubious uh, 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 circumstances. Uh, where uh, the northern uh, uh, elite got together with the southern elites and made a deal and repealed not only the Southern Homestead Act, but did away with the uh, Freemen's Bureau, uh, the banks uh, that the blacks had uh, started and all that stuff. Yeah, so the Southern Homestead Act was uh, the properties that... uh, the slaves should have acquired, but because of the Southern uh, uh, whites 
uh, rail against it for fear of losing their uh, free labor. Uh, that uh, none of that land, or very little of that land, was ever uh, dispersed. Uh, when the law was repealed in 1876, 43 million acres of the 46 went back uh, to the federal government. And over time, what happened to it? Uh, the big uh, capitalist uh, uh, companies uh, like George Pacific uh, wound up with in possession of that land and made billions of dollars off of it over time. That is that is the cornerstone of my argument for reparations, along with uh, uh, the uh, uh, them taking away uh, taking away my Fourteenth uh, Amendment, uh, uh, taking away my Fourteenth Amendment uh, protections there. So yeah, that uh, that whole thing uh, about uh, reparations, I base it on Fourteenth Amendment. Uh, um, Fourteenth uh, Amendment uh, rights, uh, uh, like thereof, uh, was uh, due to the separate equal laws that uh, injured uh, Americans after the sin of some hundred years after that civil war was over. That is critical to my argument. Uh, now, I I don't uh, I don't uh, disagree with anybody who's uh, uh, arguing or making an argument for reparations. I'm with anybody who. Uh, is on that uh, bandwagon, uh, but I just uh, feel as though uh, uh, we need more than one argument. Apparently, uh, we need all the arguments we can get, all the advocacy we can get uh, uh, for that, uh, for those uh, reparations. And I contend that in 1954, when Brown overturned uh, the Board of Education, we uh, we no longer needed uh, any kind of uh, we didn't need a uh, 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 well. Since then, we don't we don't need to go back to court and litigate that thing because Brown said, uh, in fact, that uh, that separate equal laws injured people. Separate equal laws were inherently uh, unequal and injured millions of uh, Americans. Americans of African descent. Anybody who uh, was born prior to uh, that May fifteenth, nineteen fifty four date was directly injured by those laws. I uh, am one of those. I uh, was one of those. I was born here in Georgia in 1945 without uh, 14th Amendment protection. It injured me and my family uh, in a big, big way. So, yeah, we're not going to uh, uh, forget about that. I'm always going to demand that there's no way Right now, with the economic disparity between uh, uh, with the economic disparities between uh, the various uh, communities here in the country, it's more vital than ever that we uh, demand that uh, the Justice Department go back and look uh, uh, at that 1954 decision uh, in the American Rapidness that uh, who was around the uh, 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 petition the court for. Uh, injury. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's not a hard uh, uh, argument. It's not, you know, it's nothing uh, mysterious about my argument. Uh, just look at history. Just look at uh, uh, what has transpired in this country uh, starting in 1866 uh, uh, with the Southern Homestead Act in 1877 with the repeal of it. 
and uh, 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 trace our history. The separated from all how it entered us throughout society, the workplace, the school place, the public place, and everywhere else, uh, doing uh, tremendous damage to uh, uh, Americans of African descent uh, economically, socially, and every kind of other way you could think of. So, yeah, we uh, was injured by the laws of the country, by the laws of the country. And uh, we uh, will do reparations. Hey, that. Welcome back. Welcome back to the High School Black Forum. That is just a uh, my take on uh, reparations. A little uh, synopsis of uh, my argument, or at least my take on it. Uh, so we. Uh, going to take a look at my last book, Racism and Hate, an American Reality. Just to, uh, I started out writing this book, as I mentioned at the top of the show, that uh, back in 19, uh, well, 2007, I guess it was, I started to, uh, shortly after I finished my first book, uh, racism and hate. I started uh, gathering uh, material, uh, doing research for this uh, particular book because I've always been an advocate uh, for reparations, and uh, I, my my argument for reparations has very little or nothing at all to do with slavery. By the way, so. Uh, I'll get that out there. Uh, my argument for reparation has to do with the 14th Amendment uh, 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 protection violations that uh, caused injury. Uh, you could say uh, 14th and 15th uh, Amendment uh, violations that injured uh, Americans of African descent. For some 90 years after the Civil War, some 90 years after they had been uh, 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 made part of uh, the Constitution, the 14th and the 15th Amendment, uh, we uh, was injured by uh, laws, laws of the country that uh, took away our protections. Uh, the separate equal laws, uh, the Jim Crow laws of the South. Those laws uh, injured us, injured Americans African descent for some 90 years, took away our ability to uh, fully assimilate into uh, American society on an equal footing. Uh, so I make the argument uh, uh, based on... on uh, on that, there's a lot of uh, uh, 
uh, evidence to support uh, my argument. Uh, a lot of legal cases uh, that uh, I point out. I've got a new uh, assay out uh, framing uh, reparations that I cite a number of uh, legal cases over uh, the years that, uh, first of all, uh, harmed us uh, uh, and injured us, if you will, uh, in those uh, separate equal uh, laws that was put in place was all codified into uh, national law, by the way, by the Plessy decision of 1896, Plessy versus Ferguson. Uh, some of you may be familiar with that uh, monumental case there. And uh, But then, as uh, time went on, after 1896, uh, of course, uh, we uh, set about, America's Africans set about uh, trying to repeal those uh, separate Jim Crow laws that was stymieing, 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 stymieing. That was uh, uh, I'm having a hard time with that word. It was uh, hindering our ability to uh, assimilate into uh, this. American society on an equal footing with uh, our fellow citizens. Uh, yeah, we, we were denied uh, access to uh, real estate on an equal ele- uh, footing. We were denied access to the workplace on equal footing. Of course, we were denied access to education on an equal footing with the rest of our uh, citizens here in the country. Those things uh, um, injured us economically and socially uh, for some hundred years uh, after the Civil War was over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we... uh, Want to make an argument in this uh, essay and through my writings, through uh, my uh, 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 advocacy out here on the Hushman Black Forum, and just every chance I get to uh, to talk about it, uh, I do, and uh, it's a big part of uh, who I am uh, as a person, as an American uh, of African descent. And uh, I'll continue to do that uh, as long as I uh, uh, am around. I don't know as long as it's going to be hell in the four quarter now. <laughs> but as long as I'm around, I'll always uh, advocate for uh, reparations for America's African descent because we were truly injured. We are truly victims of the separate equal laws of this country. And those laws injured us and uh, uh, still uh, has a uh, profound effect on our economic uh, uh, standing in the country today here in 2019. We still are suffering from those 
uh, separate equal laws that uh, stymied our ability to acquire uh, wealth, if you will, on an equal footing. Is after after slavery, uh, after 1865. So yeah, we. Uh, when I started out writing this book here, I used uh, a couple of uh, uh, some of the essays and documents that I included in this book, uh, Racism and Hate. Uh, included uh, W.E.B. Du Bois' epic work on uh, three Senses of Discrimination Against the Negro, which he did and uh, condensed it down uh, to assay form to present to the uh, the United Nations in 1947. Just a great, great uh, work that uh, you very seldom uh, uh, see it out there. Or it's very seldom brought up in uh, school st- uh, uh, studies uh, of any sort, uh, I happened to run across it in a book that uh, was published in uh, nineteen, I think nineteen fifty-three. Uh, Charles Rose, I believe, was the author of the book. Let uh, uh, me. Charlie Rose, Charles Rose was a professor, a sociologist professor. I believe at the University of Minnesota uh, uh, did a uh, Arnold Rose, I'm sorry, University of Minnesota. Yeah, uh, Arnold Rose put this book out in 1951 uh, entitled Race, Prejudice, and Discrimination. Uh, In that book, he had a uh, put this uh, essay by W.E.B. Du Bois that he had put together for uh, the United Nations, their new civil rights division that the United Nations had put together shortly after World War II. Uh, they put that civil rights division together for the purpose of uh, uh, making a case for uh, punishing uh, uh, the Germans for uh, the Holocaust and uh, on behalf of the Jews who had been uh, murdered there in Germany uh, prior to and during World War II. Uh, The United Nations... uh, they're, uh, well, the former, the United Nations was a pretty new body. They had the League of Nations, but uh, that evolved into the United Nations, which the United States uh, joined, I think, uh, was one of the founding members of the United Nations. The United States was never a member of the League of Nations, uh, by the way. But uh, 
this new body of the United Nations there uh, had formed this uh, uh, wing of it uh, to deal with uh, discrimination and racism and the like, uh, hoping to uh, shed light on uh, uh, abuses of uh, uh, of this type in uh, in the world in uh, member countries and non-member countries uh, of the United Nations. And, uh, it just so happened that uh, W.E.B. Du Bois and the NAACP uh, saw an opening to uh, to uh, make a claim uh, that although it certainly was an awful thing that, uh, that has happened to the of the Jewish people there in Germany leading up to World War II, Americans and Africans here in this country have suffered the same type of genocide for some 200 years <laughs> here in this country. The same, pretty much the same type of discrimination, uh, racial discrimination uh, for 200 years here in this country. Uh, and that uh, uh, if they're going to uh, be a uh, advocate for uh, the Jews there in Germany, why not uh, include uh, since you uh, uh, your uh, division, your uh, uh, part of uh, the United Nations deal specifically with uh, uh, the. Uh, uh, discrimination and racism uh, in societies. Uh, why not include uh, 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 the Americans of Akron to sit here in this country and uh, 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 put out some kind of statement or some kind of advocacy on their behalf since uh, they have suffered uh, uh, for some 200 years uh unimaginable uh, 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 racism and uh, discrimination, uh, including slavery, including slavery, which no other uh, people at that, certainly at that time, had uh, had, uh, suffered to uh, that degree of where uh, some 15 million of uh, their ancestors had been driven... Uh, carried out of uh, their native land to a foreign country and enslaved, turned into ch- uh, chattel slaves, uh, made uh, and been reduced down to property. Have been reduced down to property. No other people of the world suffered uh, such a uh, uh, fate. Uh, certainly not on uh, uh, such a large scale as uh, the Africans uh, that wound up here in this country and and on this continent outside of uh, uh, Africa itself. So W.E. Du Bois put together this, this great, this great piece of work, uh, and I include I include uh, 
that entire essay in my book, Racism and Hate. Because it is a uh, significant uh, piece of work and uh, and hard to come by. I had to uh, jump through hoops to get permission to uh, 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 to use it. Uh, went to uh, the finally I had to go to the NAACP who had uh, uh, the rights to it and uh, uh, got permission from them to uh, reproduce it or to use it in my book. Uh, and uh, it's fascinating. I got that included in here, and I think uh, you'll be, uh, for those of you who don't know uh, or has never read it, uh, I urge you to pick up my book, Racism and Hate in American Reality, and read it. Because some of the documents are rare and uh, really shed light on to the to our plight in a most vivid way uh, here in this country. Uh, so I've got that. W.E.B. Du Bois' epic work, uh, Three Centuries of Discrimination Against the Negro. Also... I uh, took a look at Dr. Gunnar Murdahl's study that he did on race relations from 1938 to 1944 uh, titled An American Dilemma, The Negro Problem in Modern Democracy. Here's a guy who (coughs) was commissioned by the uh, Carnegie uh, Foundation to do a study right in the midst of World War II, right in the midst of this world calamity. Uh, 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 the Carnegie uh, 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 Institute uh, commissioned uh, this Swedish scientist, social scientist, Dr. Uh, Gunnar Murdahl to do this study, to come to this study. This guy still lived in uh, Switzerland, y'all. Uh, commissioned him to come to, uh, come to this country in 1938, put together this a fabulous uh, team of science, social scientists to study uh, the Negro problem here in America that had been festering for some 200, 300-some years through slavery and up to that time, uh, 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 which included about 70 years after slavery was over and how it was that they were still having this Negro problem uh, 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 dealing with uh, 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 the Negro problem and this democracy. He entirely... And, and it's so interesting uh, how he uh, uh, titled uh, his work. It's a 1,500-page study uh, over six years uh, using uh, some 20 social scientists who included uh, some of the best uh, social scientists uh, of the day, including uh, people like uh, uh, uh Benjamin Mays, Ralph Bunch, uh, Donald R. Young, James Weldon Johnson, 
Uh, N.W.E.B. Du Bois was part of it. And, uh, just a whole group of social scientists, uh, some 20 of them uh, at, at some t- uh, point in time, to do this study to examine why it was that uh, this country was still grappling with trying to get uh, uh, these ex uh, these uh, descendants of ex-slaves here in this country assimilated into uh, uh, the American society. Now, why was it that uh, there was such a problem with that when you had uh, uh, folks coming from Europe by the boatloads through Ellis Island with no problem, uh, coming right over, getting assimilated with nowhere near the uh, uh, problems that... Uh, uh, these uh, uh, descendants of uh, African slaves have been here for since the inception of the country, and they still uh, couldn't uh, couldn't get an equal uh, toehold here in the country. Uh, so we take a look at uh, Dr. Murdoch's uh, 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 epic study on race relations. Uh, and it's fascinating, uh, some of the things that he concluded. Uh, is just uh, a fascinating, fascinating piece of work. And uh, we've got that study in the book. And uh, he did a masterful job along with his team uh, of uh, just laying out uh, the problem that uh, Negroes had of assimilating into the mainstream white society. Uh, he concluded that uh, uh, it was mainly due to this <laughs> anti-amalgamation doctrine that has that has been uh, uh, crept into place in the society, into white society. This anti-amalgamation uh, doctrine that uh, metastasized out of the fear of, as he put it, race mixing between the blacks and whites here in this country. Oh, he pointed that out. That was a serious fear of race mixing here in the country. That uh and uh, a nutshell is the crust, crust of the whole problem. <laughs> that is the crust of the whole problem back then and today. The fear of race mixing between blacks and whites. That's the problem, folks. That was it then. That's it today. That's the problem today. The fear of race mixing between blacks and whites. As simple as that, yeah. That's the crust of the whole problem. And we know this from just following our history and uh, studying uh, 
different uh, works by some of our great uh, social scientists in this country, like W.E.B. Du Bois, like uh, the study by Dr. Murdoch, like uh, so many other great, great uh, um, uh, leaders here in our community over the years who have fought uh, arm and leg against uh, what they perceived as uh, injustices toward uh, toward uh, our people. One other thing uh, Dr. Murdahl took a look at in his uh, study was the Civil Rights Act of 1866. It was enacted in April uh, 1866. Uh, uh, it was mainly intended to protect the civil rights of African Americans in the wake of uh, the American Civil War. That was enacted by Congress in 1865, but vetoed by none other than President Andrew Johnson. Of course, Congress uh, passed the, uh, the bill again, uh, and Johnson again vetoed it. <laughs> but the Congress, uh, in a two-thirds majority in each house, overcame the veto, and the bill became law. This is the Civil Rights Act of 1866. Now, over the years, we've had I don't know how many different civil rights uh, bills and stuff that come down. First one, y'all. 1866, the Civil Rights Act of 1866. That was the first Civil Rights Act that Congress passed. Uh, it was the only time a civil rights uh, uh, bill uh, was uh, vetoed, by the way. And, you know, uh, in the state that way, until Ronald Reagan vetoed the Civil Rights Restoration Act of uh, 1988. Ronald Reagan, why we had to uh, have a Civil Rights Restoration Act in 1988, I don't know. But I do know Ronald Reagan vetoed it, and as in 1866, the Congress overrode his veto. Getting back to the Civil Rights Act of 1866, and I'm going to be uh, just reading it to you here, uh, quoting from uh, the bill and uh, what uh, its intentions was, uh, the bill uh, uh, proposed uh, uh, it provided 
fight for the equality of citizens of the United States and the enjoyment of civil rights and immunity. What do these terms mean? Do they mean that in all things civil, social, political, all citizens without distinction of race or color shall be equal? By no means can they be so conscrewed. Do they mean that all citizens shall vote in the several states? No, a suffrage is a political right which has been left under the control of the several states, subject to the action of Congress only when it becomes necessary to enforce the guarantee of a Republican form of government. Nor do they mean that all citizens shall sit on the juries or that their children shall attend the same schools. The definition given to the term civil rights and Bourier's Law Dictionary is very concise and is supported by the best authority. It is this. Civil rights are those which have no relations to the established support or management of government. From this, it is easy to gather an understanding that civil rights are the natural rights of man. And these are the rights which this bill proposes to protect every citizen in the enjoyment of throughout the entire dominion of the republic. A little explanation put forward by Senator Lehman Trumbull and James F. Wilson uh, following uh, the, enactment, the enactment of the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1866. I guess the uh, that's a rather loose uh, uh, take on what, <laughs> what civil rights is, by the way. It's my band. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, that was uh, their take on it. Uh, uh, Civil rights are those which have no relation to the establishment, support, or management of government. From this, it is easy to gather an understanding that civil rights are the natural rights of man. Civil rights are the natural rights of man. That's what the Civil Rights Act of 1866 uh, put forward. So says these two senators who uh, was part of uh, putting uh, that uh, act, that bill together, Senator Lehman Trumbull and James E. Wilson. But this is easy to uh, gather and understand that civil rights are the natural rights of man. The natural rights of man. This bill
those rights uh, which this bill proposes to protect every citizen in the enjoyment of throughout the entire dominion of the republic. Uh, but but the term immunities, what is the immunity? What is an immunity? Simply freedom or exemption from obligation. An immunity is a right of exemption only. As an exemption from serving in office, or performing duties which the law generally requires other citizens to perform. This is all that is intended by the word immunity as used in this bill. It merely secures to citizens of the United States equality in the exemptions of the law. A colored citizen shall not because he is colored, be subject, subjected to obligations, duties, pains, and penalties from which other citizens are exempted. Whatever exemptions there may be shall apply to all citizens alike. That's interesting. Uh, just if you... Um, Fletcherize that little uh, statement that on immunity. Formally titled an act to protect all persons in the United States and their civil rights and furnish the means of their vindication. The act declared that people born in the United States and not subject to any foreign power are entitled to be citizens without regard to race, color, or previous conditions of slavery or involuntary servitude. A similar provision was written a few months later in the proposed 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution regarding citizenship by birth in the U.S., all persons born in the United States and not subject to any foreign power, excluding Indians, not taxed, are hereby declared to be citizens of the United States. That's interesting. So, that act uh, uh, of eighteen sixty six. was intended to um, protect the new free men equal protection um, in uh, in uh, the country. However, the um, 
Congress saw fit to include some of the provisions in that uh, act in the 14th Amendment and make it a part of the Constitution so that it would indeed uh, be more enforceable and be a part of the legal uh, um, construct of of the Constitution itself, not uh, just an act that uh, sits out there. But uh, by including some of the uh, language that had been in the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1866 and putting it into the 14th Amendment, uh, really uh, gave the uh, uh, newly freed uh, Americans uh, uh, a lot more uh, protection uh, and uh, uh, set them on a equal footing legally with uh, the rest of uh, the citizenry. Uh, it's just an interesting read. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pick up my book, Racism and Hate. Like I said, I'll be I'm going to be working on a rewrite, a rework of it, and republishing it over the next three months, three, four months. Uh, so, uh, but still, look at this uh, version that I have out now, Racism and Hate in American Reality. It's very uh, uh, apropos to uh, what's going on in the country today, believe it or not. Yeah, it uh, shed light on uh, some of the things that's happening, uh, you kind of gain a a better understanding of some of the uh, issues that uh, at play here, uh, and some of the causes of uh, uh, the wealth uh, uh, discrepancies between uh, American African descent and uh, uh, the rest of uh, white society here in the country. After looking at uh, uh, I, uh, some of the uh, events that took place here in the country after uh, after the Civil uh, War was over. And uh, starting out with this uh, period of 1866 uh, uh, with the uh, Civil Rights Act and how that uh, how that affected our uh, standing here and then later on how uh, uh, that Civil Rights Act and uh, a lot of other uh, uh, laws that was put in place to protect uh, American and African descent was uh, trampled on uh, via the uh, separate equal laws that uh, uh, circumvented uh, uh, the Constitution, the 14th Amendment circumvented the, the Constitution itself because once the 14th, uh, 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment uh, was added uh, to the Constitution, that indeed became uh, uh, those uh, uh, amendments became a part of uh, that uh, governing uh, uh, document came a part of uh, the Constitution of this country uh, with uh, supposedly with all of uh, the guarantees uh, thereof. And uh, so, yeah, uh,
We're going to take a quick break here, y'all, and then come back and finish this up. we got about, there's about 20 minutes to nine. So we got about 20 more minutes here. We'll take a break and come back and wrap this up a little bit. I just want to uh, give you some of the things that uh, that's in the book. I don't have time. It's, it's almost impossible to uh, cover the whole book, and uh, I wanted to point out some highlights or to highlight some of the interest, most interesting uh, things, uh, documents, and essays that I uh, came across and included in the book. Among them was uh, this uh, W.E.B. Du Bois uh, essay uh, that he uh, put together to uh, present to the United Nations. That in its entirety is included in the book. You won't find it too many places, y'all. You won't find that uh, essay that W.E.B. Du Bois put together in 1947. You won't find it in too many places. Uh, uh, So... Look, take a look at my book. Now, the uh, Ghana Murdoch's uh, study, Dr. Ghana Murdoch's study, uh, uh, An American uh, Dilemma, the Negro Problem in Modern Democracy, uh, that's not very well publicized either, but it is uh, uh, in the Schomburg Library in New York, the original study can be found there, but uh, I have that study here in this book. Uh, uh, obviously, I can put the whole 1,500 pages here. I just uh, did an excerpt from it and uh, 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 I took a look at it, uh, at it and uh, pointed out some of the highlights of that study. And just as how itself is interesting because when he said that uh, the Negro problem in modern democracy. In modern democracy, uh, there was another book written uh, about American democracy. Uh, in 1835, by uh, Alexis Tocqueville. American democracy was the title of the book. It was a study. This is uh, uh, Alexis. Tocqueville was a little Frenchman came to this country in 1835 on some kind of research expedition that uh, kind of document how it was that uh, this new country, fairly new country at that time, had put together this uh, 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 new democracy, uh, this new Republican democracy here, and uh, how it was uh, uh, put forward uh, as the uh, uh, shining uh, light of the world. This new democracy that this new uh, this new country had formed, and everybody was equal, and they had a true democracy. Well, when he got here, uh, Alexis Tocqueville, uh, and. Uh, toured the country from north to south. When he got to the south, he discovered that half the citizens was slaves. Half the citizens in the south was not free. And yet, 
they were counted uh, into this democracy on the one hand, but they didn't have access to uh, the democracy uh, on an equal footing. And Alexis Tocqueville uh, had a problem trying to figure out how could they, or whether he saw that that was a problem with uh, this country uh, presenting itself as a true democracy when half the citizens were slaves and did not have access to the democracy or the Constitution, as it were. Uh, and uh, so he did, uh, once the, the government or the authorities of this country got wind of what uh, this Frenchman was up to, uh, his writings and his uh, take on it, they refused to allow him to publish uh, that uh, book in this country. American Democracy was not published in this country in 1835. He had to take his work back to France and get it published. Uh, that's another story. Y'all. I'm, I'm off on a tangent here talking about Alexis Tocqueville and American Democracy. Some would have you uh, believe that he wrote this glowing, uh, this glowing uh, report on our democracy. Tocqueville had a real uh, problem trying to understand how it could be that uh, the United States could proclaim itself a democracy with half uh, the citizens slaves. So he took that. He went back to France and published that book, put it together. And one of the first persons, the uh, intellects who examined his work, was Karl Marx. Y'all, <laughs> Karl Marx got a hold to Alexis Tocqueville's work there uh, at the University of Berlin, and kind of broke it down and determined. Uh, way back then, 1835 to 1850, that what they had over here was not going, was not sustainable. Karl Marx, yeah, the Marxist guy who came up with Marxism and all that stuff. Karl Marx himself determined, after examining the work of Alexis Tocqueville, that that new country over there, way across the ocean, uh, claiming to have this. Uh, uh, pure democracy did not have a democracy and that thing couldn't possibly uh, sustain itself um, <laughs> going forward in the uh, uh, present uh, in uh, its present uh, uh, construct and sure enough it didn't civil war came yeah 600,000 people died because half the citizens were slaves and another half of them was free. That democracy that the United States claimed to have had prior to the Civil War did not stand. It did not stand. It couldn't because it was not a pure democracy. That would have uh, the citizens those in the South, half in the South slaves and half in the South free, that was not a democracy in no, no shape, form, or fashion, you know. And that thing didn't uh, stand. 
and one of the persons who recognized that and uh, uh, spoke about that was Karl Marx, the uh, one of the prominent uh, thinkers uh, of his day there at the University of Berlin. Yeah, a little bit of a uh, little known history. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, another piece in the book, Racism and Hate in American Reality, um, deal with <laughs> the life of the Reverend Henry McNeil Turner. The life of Henry McNeil Turner. I kind of um, profile him in the book because of his his work here in Georgia. Uh, he um, was a uh, African uh, a Methodist uh, uh, a minister, African Methodist Episcopal minister. Uh, and later became a bishop, Bishop Henry McNeil Turner of, of the Methodist Church, the AME Church, uh, and one of his prolific uh, leaders. This guy opened uh, more <laughs> Methodist churches here throughout the South during his day than other, any other single uh, person. Started several black universities, uh, Lane College, I believe, was one of them. Uh, Moore House here in uh, uh, Morris Brown here in Atlanta. Uh, just a idea uh, was so powerful. After the Civil War during Reconstruction, he was one of the 27 uh, elected black officials here that got uh, elected. Uh, maybe like 28 Congress uh, representatives and two state senators. He was one of the two state senators that got elected uh, to office. In 1867, I believe it was, here in Georgia, and later got expelled from uh, the Georgia Assembly here because of their race. They uh, kicked them out. Uh, they took that to court, by the way, and won uh, to get reinstated, but the legislation, uh, the period expired. Anyway, this guy, this guy, here named Neil Turner. Uh, just to read his story is worth the price of the book, y'all. I got his entire, well, I don't have his entire story here, but I have, uh, I have a uh, speech that he gave to uh, the Georgia General Assembly uh, in 1868 as he was being drummed out of uh, the a Georgia Assembly uh, after being uh, duly elected by uh, uh, his constituents to serve as the state senator here in Georgia. Uh, his speech to that body in 1868 is worth the price of this book. Just his speech is hard to find. You won't. It's not out there. Uh, uh, for you know, it should be, 
should be taught in every school in the country should uh, 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 teach uh, this guy's uh, speech that he gave. to uh, the Georgia uh, Assembly as he was being drummed out in 1868. That would be worth the price of uh, uh, of the book. Uh, uh, that's in the book. I, I wanted to, uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to can it. I'm going to uh, can that uh, speech and put it out there on tape. So next week, on my next show, I'll uh, I'll I'll have I'll cue it up and let you uh, listen to it or listen to me uh, recite it. I think it's it's powerful, uh, and I, I'm going to cue it up here for my next uh, show, and I'll bring it to you, Henry McNeil Turner. In fact. We're going to close it out with that. I only got about a third of the week through this book, so we got. To, we'll take up next week. To, uh, we'll take up as the show start next week to uh, finish uh, uh, taking a look at this book, Racism and Hate. This book is powerful, y'all. Racism and Hate in American Reality. It's powerful. It's timely. Uh, I urge you to pick up a copy of it. Tell your friends about it and uh, discuss it. Try to make sense of it and uh, see what you and uh, yeah. Uh, I think if you read it, you'll have a better understanding of what's going on in uh, the country today. So for that reason, it's so vital that uh, we get educated about what's going on in society today in these trying times. Yeah. So we're going to take up uh, and continue racism and hate in American reality next uh, next week. My show will be coming back uh, 921, 7 o'clock to 9 out here on Ashville Black uh, Forum. Uh, it was going to break, but we haven't had a chance to break, y'all. Two hours is gone. Uh, once again, thank you for... Uh, sharing your evening with us. Tell a friend about the Hushville Black Forum and uh, uh, tell them to tune in uh, or you can pull it down. Go to hushvilleblack.com and you can uh, tune in to my show uh, from there. You can purchase my books Racism and Hate in American Reality. The electronic version that can be Purchase from that site. Just click on the book, and it'll lead you to where you can get the the paperback or the electronic version. Uh, and like I said, we're going to be doing a rewrite of the book, an updated version, uh, uh, a condensed, maybe a essay form of it, where I highlight uh, the uh, significant uh, parts of the book and. Believe it or not, over the last 10 years, I've come to uh, understand better 
uh, what I was writing about, <laughs> what I was thinking about uh, 10 years ago. So, yeah, the new book will be quite different, yet the same in a continuation of of uh, this racism and hate in American reality book that I put out some 10 years ago. or started writing some 10 years ago, but published in 2013. Hey, y'all. That's just about going to wrap it up for for the Hushville Black Forum this evening here. we got a couple of minutes to kill. Uh, once again, I want to thank you all. My Facebook friends, what's up out there? I haven't heard from anyone. I, I did give out their number a couple of times. But like I said, we don't normally, we don't take that many calls out here. We 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 like to talk out, to be honest. I like to talk out at uh, my audience, not because I don't like the dialogue, but uh, I... Uh, uh, find it uh it uh, uh benefits uh, uh what I'm trying to accomplish uh, to just uh, um, talk out at the uh, at my audience uh, but I, like I said my call in number y'all write it down for next week 1888 Five eight eight three eight one four. It's a free call in to the Hushville uh, Black Forum. At any point, you can call in. We'll take the call. We got a switchboard that uh, will answer your call and put you in queue to uh, talk to the Hushville. We ain't scared. We uh, no. We we can conversate with you. Uh, yeah. We, uh, so that's just what I'm going to do it for us, y'all. I don't know what time to go. Seems like to me, we just got on the air here a few minutes ago and it's been two hours already. They say how time flies when you're having fun, huh? Yeah, so we, uh, and Lord knows we have a lot of fun out there on the Hushmo Black Forum. Uh, this is our second show back, so we're just getting wound up trying to uh, hopefully uh, in another few shows we'll be right in the thick of things, right in the swing of things. As I said, I still got a few uh, gadgets I need to work work with and understand better on my new podcast uh, 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 studio that I got uh, set up. But uh, hopefully you can uh, notice a difference in uh, the sound quality that's uh, coming at you. Uh, But until next week, y'all, we're going to Stand off uh, from here for now until uh, next week. Ciao, y'all. The Hushmo Black Forum. 
advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmore Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.